Hello and welcome to the Football Index Weekly Podcast. I think this is actually episode 63. 63 episodes, dear God. Hopefully we're allowed to have a meet-up by the time 100 rolls around. That would be that'd be some get-together. But this week I was joined by three guests. It was a special of sorts. We'd planned it for a long time before we knew there'd be a dividend announcement and it's a Room 101 special. I thought it would be great fun. And it was, but it's a pity everyone was very happy about Football Index after the announcement. Do you know, it was probably ill-timed. It would have been better two weeks ago. <laughs> we were hesitant to slag them off, but look, we had good fun, all tongue-in-cheek, take it with a bit of salt, uh, a pinch of salt, rather. And uh, I was joined by Frog FBI and Duncan Butler, who's hilarious. Um, but no, couldn't, couldn't have been a better trio to have on, really. And I really, really enjoyed recording with the guys. We recorded it one day after the announcement, so we were all a bit high from... I don't know, the money we're going to make. Football Index made us rich, baby. Uh, but yeah, all jokes aside, gamble responsibly, you fuckers. But yeah, other than that, I think I've just got two shoutouts to give this week. And I really hope you listen to them because genuinely, big things coming for both. And I think you should listen. And that's not my sales head. That's my I'm your mate Johnny. That's my I'm your mate Johnny head. That's like, here, mate, you'd want to you'd wanna check these out. The first one is Index Track. Index track, if you use the code Irish2020 on signing up, you get a month free. You literally get to sign up and try it out for a month for free. And it's literally essential at the minute with how much money there is in IPDs. Do you know, we've got 10 times IPDs throughout most of September after the 12th. Five times IPDs until then, albeit I think most of the football's done for now, but... Do you know, to be tracking the 30-day expiry of those index tracks all over that, check your performance against the market, check your get-out-of-jail-free card, like what if you had to sell all now, how much would you get? Index track is brilliant for it all. And I think after that, even after the free month, it would be like 250 a month or something really cheap, like really cheap, like half a pint cheap. But look, go and check them out. I highly, highly recommend them. And sign up using the code IRISH2020. And you're used to this sponsor by now, but by God, things aren't quieting down. Footstock. Footstock sponsor this show, and I love Footstock as well as Football Index. It's a great place. Brilliant for trading, brilliant for fantasy football, brilliant for a bit of outright gambling on the game section and roulette. Do you know, it ticks all the boxes, and their 100k free roll is coming up. It's actually on their site. Go and check it out. 100k free roll, 25k top prize. You know, you could feasibly enter a pretty competitive team in that for under 50 quid. What I'd recommend to anyone, and I genuinely, like, I've recommended this to my mates and my dad. Look, stick 100 quid in. Stick 150 quid in. Whatever you can afford, obviously. Buy two or three teams worth and just fire them in and leave them. It's set and forget, baby. Do you know, put them in. Forget about it. You can get an Andy Robertson for, like, seven quid. Do you know, pick him over Trent. There's a chance there, you know. Um, set and forget. You could be 25 grand up at the end of the season. And then, like, the prizes are even, like, 25. I don't even know if they're, like, 15, 10, 5, 2, 1 or whatever. Hundreds will be made throughout the season on that tournament. I really think you should check it out. And if you do, please, please, please sign up with the link in the description. I'm an affiliate. I get something if you sign up with that. Um, so yeah, there is. you could say there's an agenda there. But genuinely, I'm telling this to my friends and family. So yeah, take from that what you will. Other than that, guys, look, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It really, really means a lot. And the podcast is in this two weeks now. It's been the most plays I've ever gotten in two weeks the most listeners, the most subscribers. To really help me kick on and jump up those charts, it would be absolutely amazing. If if you're ever going to leave a review and subscribe, it's now. Those two things are huge for the algorithms. Subscriptions and reviews. So please do both for me if you can. It really, really does mean a lot. Um, what a time to be on Football Index. It's, geez, it's absolutely, it's like the market was a year ago. Do you know, it's high, it's hopping. It's brilliant. It's a great time to be on. 
you can in play trade do you know a transfer rumor someone's up 50p Lionel Messi near doubling in value it's just crazy time very profitable time and it's what we all want so look let's all celebrate together and I uh, hope you enjoy this episode thank you so much for listening Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Football Index Weekly Podcast featuring three guests, two of which we've seen a good bit of before and one who is a new guest, Duncan Butler, Duncan B. Duncan, do you want to introduce yourself just for people listening and uh, we'll go from there? Sure, yeah. So um, I've been on the Index for a good, come up to like four years now actually I think. Um, I came across it in October 2016 um, via like a Facebook ad. Uh, it took me a good a good while to um, put any real money in a good two or three years to to trust it properly, but um, I got there in the end, and um, now I've uh, got a, a decent chunk in there. Um, I took a bit of time out from it in the middle to actually like go travelling with some of those funds, um, which was very uh, I couldn't quite believe I was doing that to be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, yeah, I've I've I've, I've some time in um over the years and learning how how it works and um and uh yeah it's really fun as well i fucking love it yeah i think we all do and i think we all fucking love it a bit more than we did yesterday Uh, but lads the other two that are here are frog who you have all met multiple times uh, lucky you and the last person is fbi trader who was on only a few weeks ago so just based on time, we're not going to get into all the introductions again. If you ha- if you want to get their introductions, go back and listen to the FBI episode and go back and listen to all the historic Frog episodes. Uh, Frog, you were saying to me, yesterday was the announcement that we should have recorded together. We recorded together live for the one in early July. What are your sort of first thoughts on a day afterwards? What are your thoughts on yesterday's announcement? Oh, well, um, the announcement... The announcement for me is as it is for all of us i believe it's literally blown 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 us into a different planet you know it's it is actually mind-boggling how how big they've gone and you know as much as we can look at market growth and all these other things that we, we that we could have expected it but nah that, yeah i think that took us all by surprise and yeah i'm still on cloud nine right now and it's crazy <laughs> yeah it was it's absolutely huge i think and it's monumental it was a monumental day for the platform now uh fbi i'll get on to you now um duncan you probably would have been best placed because i think you're out of us all maybe you've been on the longest i don't know about you frog actually but four years i think is the longest Way longer than me. fbi you're pretty new you probably more than most of us realize how big a day that was for the platform and i think it really was even that the signing off of adam cole in some ways is almost like recognizing how big the platform has got 100 percent how ambitious that is the room for growth the mass market that's coming, it feels like as good a time on the platform that I remember in the last year and a half, which is relatively short length of time. FBI, what were your initial thoughts on, on now? Initial thoughts, uh, rockets. That's all I thought. Uh, and <laughs> today I feel very much as if, uh, you know, it's the first night after I'd been at a Pink Floyd concert and I don't really remember too much about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I kind of froze a little bit because I thought, well, who am I going to buy? Because almost everybody's got added value now. So which one of my strategies is going to be best place to, you know, get, get the best from this. 
uh, I was just happy more for the community because uh, it felt it felt a bit like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting sometimes. You know, uh, <laughs> people coming and telling their woes they can't sell, uh, they can't exit players, and now hopefully all that's been consigned to the dustbin and start to see a lot more positivity, which does enough for sentiment as much as you know on pitch actions and stuff. You know, so mm. I was very happy. You talk about that struggle to know where to put your money. I don't know if any of you has happened to be unfortunate enough to see it. I did a, a live stream over it with FI Ben yesterday. And just in the heat of the moment, shot my cack, seen 14p, seen this, seen that, lurked and seen 300% on the gold day goalkeeper dividend. And was like, oh, 300% fucking ran over. Neuer fucking pumped my, I only had like 500 quid there, pumped it all into Manuel Neuer. And it since actually did become a meme. <laughs> well, that's actually it's funny you brought it up well, I'm, I'm gutted you brought it up because I was going to bring it up <laughs> um, you know it was it was a it was a potential option last minute to throw into this 101 I was going to throw you into it but, uh, for, for a man for a man who's an air traffic controller oh, who's got to deal under pressure you know with people's lives at risk yeah. you know the way that you trapped yourself on that announcement and bought 300 Neuer I pissed myself yeah it it's, so funny. it's one of those I get paid to deal with stress quite literally and in that moment I shot the fucking cacks it was it was just one of those you know like you're trying to do the stream you're trying to keep things going and, and Ben's on the end of the line watching a video at the same time as you and you see this and you're thinking oh fucking ooh, and I went and I acted but look actually all I know he's not the optimal buy he really was not that's fair to say but I genuinely believe him I'm well over the next year I think about the dividends he can return is is obscene uh some of you might disagree but that's a conversation for another day um but look I think yesterday all in all John, I think he's a he's a great buy yeah, he's a he's a great investment. I actually went for him on the last dividend announcement, the one that was like that wasn't wasn't particularly good, and I made a good chunk of him because I thought everyone's going to go for him. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I went for Predrad Radjkovic and got six hundred of them at forty p, and he's sitting around a pound now. So I had a bit of I had a lot of former mm. goalkeepers, and I bought a few since. Neuer was actually one I picked up late ninety p's, but I only had maybe two three hundred of them, and I seen yesterday. I was like, fuck it, I want more. Look, not the optimal buy, but I thankfully I had a bit more cash I could put in once it kind of it settled. And I, I think I got on Marquinhos about 20p ago. But um, look, what a day for the platform. What a day for portfolios. If, if people were fed up with football index and wanted to exit, perfect timing. It, I think everyone's happy. Um, there are obviously a few things down out. There's obviously a big month or two ahead. But I think everyone would agree the platform's in an amazing place right now. Because they did. The opposite of what they did before was... They underpromised and they overdelivered, delivered, not delivered, and they haven't done that recently. They've done it the wrong way around. Um, but look, guys, we could sit and chat about that all day. I'm sure we'll reference it a few times throughout the pod. But the the main chunk of this podcast is Room One Hundred One. This is a special uh, episode, and the way it's going to work is there's going to be three rounds. Each of the lads is going to pose one thing to me each, be a bit of back and forth, and at the end of each round, I'll I'll pick which thing goes in the bin. And uh, we we see how we go. Whoever gets the most in the bin wins. Maybe it'll be a three-way draw. Who knows? But there's no actual um, sort of topic or, or theme to each round. Just three rounds. Do whatever the fuck you want. So I think for the first round, Duncan, do you want to take us away and tell us what you think should be fucked in the bin? An FI-related thing. And I'm going to crack open a can and listen to you. <laughs> sure, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to try and keep it light. 
uh, in general, um, as not to turn this podcast into a slagging off contest of uh, a platform that we essentially love. But um, this one thing does bother me. It is uh, retired players that remain on the platform. Um, mm. So there's there's so many on the platform. Just to name a few, you've got uh, Iron Robin, Torres, De Rossi, Evra, um, Peter Crouch. I mean, some of these players have been retired for way over a year. Um, I think their official stance on this is that they they can take them off the platform at any time, which doesn't seem particularly like a good way to do it. Um, I've heard before that they'll they'll take um, the players off after a year, which kind of makes sense to me. Like, as of retiring, one year after that date, you have a year to, to sort of sort out your trade and see if you can sell and any potential dividends at that time. And that kind of makes sense. But to leave them on over that period of time, it just looks unprofessional to me. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of creates this sort of, um, exposes this wider problem that they have of cleaning up simple little things on the platform. Um, and I think it's, it's got to be an easy thing to take off, hasn't it? Retired players, surely. Oh, do you know, like, I think while taking players off the platform is a little more touchy because obviously people might have money in them and it's a case of just wiping the slate and being like, all right, your bet's dead, which that's the fucking game. That is the game, but I can see how that'd be touchy. The the point you're making about tidying up easy things, I've made it, oh, geez, I I can't even count the amount of times I've said in the podcast, Mm. get a fucking intern in to type out some birthdays, birthplaces, fucking, you know, weights, heights, all that shit. That that stuff can be filled out in a few days by a couple of interns. Like, it's, it's, or just little fucking work experience fuckers. Like, um, yeah, I suppose it is kind of just our approximation of what, how much work we think something takes, though, as well, isn't it? Because, like, mm. it seems like it should be literally just, take them off a platform or set a rule. I think personally, it should be one year from retirement um, to remove them a platform. I remember the days back when you, when they had, when they relegated players from the top 200, you lose your entire stake then. I think that's fine. Mm. I think that's, if that's part of the rules, that's cool. Um, but it's gotta be, there's gotta be some rules around it and it's gotta be rigid um, and it's currently not. And it just, it's, um, here's just me off, John. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a solid contender. It pisses me off too, Duncan. And you know what? Now that this is... It started off and I've, I've kind of realised that, you know, everything is going to be things that piss us off. And that's only fair. But we've just had a wonderful day on Football Index. <laughs> so it almost feels counterintuitive to be doing this. But maybe that's the best time to do it because we can be somewhat lighthearted. Yeah. But look, <laughs> FBI, what fucks you off? So uh, what fucks, I don't know if it fucks me off really because I'm pretty calm about all this, but I've got to throw something in there. Um, <laughs> after the day that we had yesterday, I was I wanted to change all my selections to peace, love and happiness, you know. Um, but yeah, the one thing that get, that gripes me a little bit is people that don't hold premium holds like Sancho talking them down for no apparent reason. Um, I think uh, it can cause a little bit of problem within the community when you see these back and forths and it can maybe negatively affect on sentiment a little bit. And if we, as we've seen the last few days, sentiment is everything in terms of getting this market going. So I think more constructive debate uh, would be good. You know, the reasons why people might think a player is overpriced or if they prefer somebody from somewhere else, um, give some reasonings behind that. But just to talk down a player for the sake of it, whether you're 
build up prematurely or if you you know have a particular issue against it i don't think it's necessarily uh, a good thing that i i enjoy to see just the whole arguing it can be fun sometimes if it's something like kimmich you know um <laughs> that's always a, a nice bit of fun on twitter to see the back and forth and that and you know people maybe having opinions and then those opinions perhaps maybe not being true and uh it just goes to show that there's no right or wrong it's just opinions at the end of the day and so long as we all remember that it can all be a, a much kind of nicer community i think you know exactly and i think that's the key it's the de-pumping and shitting on players out of FOMO, out of missing the boat and feeling a bit fucked off at your own trading ability or your own trading decisions and letting that flow onto the timeline in limited characters and just shitting on people. Like, Messi exploding is great for everyone on the platform. Uh, whenever the top-end players rocket, when Sancho gets a link to United and he hits 16 quid one day, maybe, he might not ever, like, that'll be a great day for everyone on the platform because the top-end stretch and that'll lift everyone with it. And when people just go on and shit on it and try and come up with reasons, it's it just de-pumping, anti-fucking-pumping. Um, with a blatant agenda, that does fuck me off. That really gets in my goat. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that or will we move on to Frog? Yeah, move on. I mean, it's just, you know, for new users coming on, I think it's better if they come on and see, you know, this guy's a good player because of X reason. Yeah. One thing actually I'll throw back at FBI then, in true 101 fashion, why the non-holding? Why does it matter if you hold the player as to whether or not you can debate his price? Can you not have an opinion on a player's price without holding? What what significance does the non-holding critics kind of side of it hold? Well, I think there's going to be biases on both sides for any number of reasons. You know, you can get, you know, if somebody's holding Sancho and they see a bit of criticism come on about him, they're obviously going to, their natural reaction is to defend it, you know, like you would defend a, a child, <laughs> your mm. own child or something. Um, that's that's how personal people get about their holds. Basically the same. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how people get about their holds. And, um, you know, I don't know, I think it's just, uh, uh, you know, different biases come into play and uh, maybe people that don't hold uh, feel like they've missed the boat and are a bit bitter about it. Uh, but, you know, I think those kind of, those kind of things are just part and parcel of trading. You've got to accept that you're not going to get every single riser and, you know, everybody's got their own different strategies and not to really criticize it and kind of respect other people's strategies and, you know, let, live and let live kind of thing. Yep. Very good. Point well made. Frog, come on, hit us, hit us with your best. What pisses you off? I'll say one word to tag on to what was that saying. I'll just say Max Arnold. That's two words, but <laughs> 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 or just Max, yeah. and just Max. That will do. Yeah, that's an example of example of a deep pump gone wrong. Um, you know, like um, but no, let's. I'll tie in quite well to what FBI is saying in terms of um, I when after the announcement yesterday. You know, I thought about toning my ones down too, <laughs> because you know I don't really feel like you know you know saying anything negative. But hey, we're all, we're playing a game, so let's do this. So um, basically, my ones hypocrites. That's what I've labeled it. You know, the, 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 you know, nice and nice and nice and simple. Um, the way I see it is that over the over the couple of years I've been on, there's been relentless cases where you know hundreds of cases where traders hate on other traders for talking up a player, you know, um, and then, you know, they'll call it pumping, they'll call it whatever. And then, you know, you look through their timeline and you're like, 
he's just trying to get people to buy that guy. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it drives me mental how, like, it seems to be one rule for one and not for another, you know? But there's someone like me that I analyze players every day. And, you know, I've not got them all right, but I've got a lot. And, um, you know, and like, what annoys me the most is that I put the work in and, you know, my people might think, oh, you're just trying to get people to buy that player. But all I'm doing is providing information regarding a player. And it's up to other people to do their own research and decide whether they want to follow that. You know, but, you know, a lot of people in the community seem to uh, like gang up on one group or whatever. And it's just a nonsense, you know, just let people just, you know, pick their players. Though I will say there are a small, a very small element that are prob that are out there to, you know, to deceive people. And that's not, that's not acceptable. You know, that, that's bang out of order. But for people that are just analyzing the information, the data, the knowledge that we have, you know, we're what, you know, we're watching the games, we're watching these players closely, you know, it's also, as, as FBI said, it's all subjective. It's all subjective. And, you know, none of us are going to get them all right, but we have opinions and we will present those opinions. And, you know, it's up to other people if they agree or if they don't really what i what i think is a fair judge of someone who is pumping or putting out data on a player with intent to show how good a hole they might be aka frogs fines it's the beauty of that is whenever they include the con list and i think that says a lot about the person and a lot about the nature of what you're reading quite often what pisses me off is when you see something and it's a selective data and they're picking out stats and things that can make a player look like he's the next messy but they're refusing or purposely ignoring other data or stats about that player that blatantly show that they're not cut they don't cut the mustard that fucks me off and another point kind of to that frog is that yes there are some accounts who can pump whoever the fuck they want and because of the size of their portfolio and because of their following on twitter and because of their friends and the group chats they're in they can get away with fucking murder but then there's other people who might be a smaller account, who might have as big a backing, who mightn't come from as rich a background, who get shat on. And I say it all the time, and that fucks me off. Um, but yeah, hypocrites are a ball ache. Is there anything you want to add to that, or any anything other, the other two of you want to chirp in on? No? Fuck, it's decision time for big man here then. Right, those are three strong ones coming out of the, out of the, out of the I don't know, out, out the bat. Retired players are very fucking annoying they really are they look messy on the platform it, it's not it's not out of the realms of possibility that they can steal dividends off current players far from ideal non-holding critics yeah people come and shitting all over players in the timeline does my nod in and hypocrites people who criticize people for doing one thing and then do it oh in the same tweet themselves oh god guys i don't know I wonder what the listeners would pick. We should have done polls while this was happening and seen. But look, we're past that now. I'm going to say retired players can get in the bin. And the reason being, it's simple, it's to the point. Retired players fuck us all off. I don't think there is one person that it doesn't fuck off. Everyone hates hypocrites. Um, and everyone does hate fucking dickheads who criticise people for the sake of it. But retired players on the Football Index platform they're just not good for anyone but again that was a tough one guys i actually regret being the guy who has to make the decisions already it's <laughs> fucking tough um, what a start fbi's giving me the puppy dog guys and all like and i just i had to look the other way i had to look the other way <laughs> that's just a reflection of my glasses mate that's it yeah so look we'll move on to the next round okay um so fbi do you want to take this one away yeah um 
so one of the one of the things I was uh, a bit annoyed about when I first came to the platform and still annoys me to this day is the inconsistencies between the data that you can see on the watch list to what you can see on the portfolio screen. So on the watch list, you can see uh, the percentage changes. You can see when you added the player onto your watch list. I know it gets a little bit more complicated when you're actually buying players multiple times, but this all ties in with the kind of expiry dates. Um, it's it's one of the easiest things possible to do in Excel, you know, to find an expiry date of a certain date in the future. So uh, it's the inconsistencies in between the apps that I just don't like. Um, you know, the all round kind of uh, user interface. You know, sometimes you get asked a million times your location. It's spinning round, and it thinks you're in Spain or something when you're, you know, in Glasgow High Street or something. So. I, th I think, um, you know, in terms of it's mainly the UI of the apps and the interfaces. I know this is on the on the schedule for them to look at, but really, as a, if they're going to be a fintech company, as they call themselves in the last announcement, they really need to nail down the tech. You know, that's the whole point of a fintech company. So this will all change, hopefully, with NASDAQ. But yeah, it's mainly to do with the app inconsistencies between android uh apple and the differences in the screens and and all that kind of stuff it should really be much slicker more consistent across devices and, and give a better all-around experience to the user because first impressions count you know yeah completely agree going into this massive marketing campaign the app does my titties in in a major way like i honestly i don't know if it's because i'm in ireland i don't know if everyone in the uk gets this as well i genuinely have to delete and reinstall the app every 10 days to two weeks because it will not open every time i open it and go to the face uh, face recognition thing it comes up and it blacks out comes up blacks out i have to delete and reinstall that's honestly every two twice a month easy like it's an and on top of that this location thing's a ball ache um there's there's a lot to it uh, yeah that annoys me the user interface itself there's a lot that can be done and maybe i'm going past your point but even, you know, the, the trending list and all, while it's a bit more secluded than it used to be, when I first signed up, it was front and centre, which was which was disgraceful. Even things small oh, like... Oh, yeah, that needs to go. Yeah, that needs to go. You come in at 5 past 12 midnight and you want to see who's won media. Where the fuck do you look? Like, maybe I'm missing that. It, it doesn't show up. Sorry, um, it's, I think it's partly to do with the fact that the, the whole div thing can change to the morning now. Yeah. So they just hold it all back till they... They announced they're doing yeah. the morning. That's my thinking. The um, frog's just getting his dinner there. You know, <laughs> he got cut off by dinner. Lucky man. What you got, um, frog? What have you got for dinner? Um, what have I got? That's a good question. Omelette. An omelette for dinner? An omelette. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be honest. It's just been. Hard I've hard. never had an omelette from a dinner. Yeah. Is that a is that a Scottish thing? No, it might be the first time I've had one for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so look, app issues. App issues is FBI's one we'll go with um, across the board. Frog, do you want to go now and then you can eat your omelette while Duncan talks? Yeah, so, um, okay, so mine's, I guess it's sort of connected, but it's a bit different to my first one. Um, and I don't, you know, this isn't any specific accounts or anything like that, but it's just maybe the way that things are worded in terms of the data. So when people are talking about players, I've called this the data-only crew. So... Basically, the, what I mean by that is that I use data every single day and it plays like a crucial part of the analysis of players and um, on FI. But I see data as only one part of the puzzle. 
And the way I see that is there's so many intangibles that can't be quantified easily, like things like attitude and, you know, you know, um, you know, situation happiness within within a team. But more importantly, um, there's loads of other variables that are things like manager changes, positions on pitch, um, how a new player coming into a team affects another player. Um, there's so many things that the data that we that we use to see what's happened has limitations in terms of looking forward. And you know, like there's so many things that can happen to a player. You know, like his house might got bur burgled. John Terry might have shagged his missus. You know, like, <laughs> like you, you, you don't you don't know what's going on with that thing. So you need to you need to be if you're going to go data only. I do not doubt you can just make money. You know, like you can you can not watch football and make money from FI from the day. I don't doubt that. But the issue comes when it there's a variable change, something that affects that player's out, potential output that the data can't tell you. So I think all I'm trying to say is like, while the data is central to what we do, I think you need to understand the, the potential changes to that player's situation, you know, whether that be positive or negative. And, you know, like it's, it's just, it's just something I'd like maybe, you know, maybe people that are, you know, getting in, involved in FI, but maybe don't have the football knowledge. Um, what I'd say is that, by all means, use that data and it will help you and you, you probably will be able to make money if you can interpret it well. But think about the bigger picture as well with each of these players. That's fair. Something that pisses me off, I suppose, when people just write off the eye test as it doesn't... It, and I know you're not just referencing the eye test. I know you're talking about a, a, many other factors. But what pisses me off when people just think that data is the be-all and end-all and they almost like turn their nose up at people who don't really appreciate the data and just think well there's a reason there's a recency bias law i think the, the one thing one of, one of the biggest edges i think that you know i feel i have over a lot of people is that a lot of people a lot of fan, football uh, football fans which are also now football index traders you know they can only look like they can only they can only look at the last month or the last six months you know what i mean it's you know it's 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 understanding why something's happened and what 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 could potential variable could change to change the, the output of that player you, you, there's a lot there's a lot of things that just by looking at numbers you can't see but at the same, at the same time numbers is part of massive yeah like on fi for example a huge example i could think of would be a set piece taker at a club you could have a player who's a world beater on set pieces set massive pb scores in and all of a sudden that club signs a guy who steals corners from him and short free kicks or something or long free kicks, even just the crossing type free kicks from the wings, and all of a sudden that player's lost an average of six crosses per game, which is what twenty odd points plus the chances that would create plus this. Their bases went down by forty points all of a sudden, and this and that, and their rotation risk and blah 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 blah. blah. That it might necessarily show on the data. It'll show on the fact that some of his crossing stats and this have dried up in recent weeks, but. Maybe if you then spot that that other player has got an injury and he'll be back on those, there's a huge opportunity to make money, and the data mightn't show that, but you'll know it. So look, no, I think that's a fair point for all people who are data only, and we're not shitting on data. It means a lot, but people who turn their nose up at other things, fair point. Frog, would you say that those those sort of variables are part of what makes the football index so fun and so beautiful in the first place? So. Like the fact that um, if you really study football, 
um, then you will benefit. So the data plus, like you just being a big fan of football, those things combined will make you good at football index. Absolutely, Duncan. Absolutely, 100%, mate. The way I see it is that it's all different tools that we can use. And you can get by with like, you know, one or two of the tools or, you know, you know bit, bits and pieces. But to, I think to really, to really, to really do as well as you can do, I think you do need to look at the bigger picture and the fun, the fun aspect you, you alluded to. Absolutely, I love it. I'll, you know, I, you know, the, okay. I, it's just, yeah. it's like I was, I would study these leagues anyway, just out of interest, and, you know, or, or when I was betting on football or anything like that, and you know, things like looking at certain managers and how they play football, and then seeing them move and like go from like, you know, like a like a, a manager from Salzburg that's gone to Germany and see how they. You know, see how that impacts the team in um, in Germany, and like, yeah, there's so many variables that make this the the depth of this game is just unbelievable. It really just it just, it literally just makes me smile how how much fun I can have and make money. It's just wow, that's great. The whole other point, but it's something that I think is so fucking important on football index. It's the fun aspect. It really it's huge, and I think it depends on the type of trader. Some traders don't really care; they're just here to make money. Some people are here who have a vested interest, who take part in the community, who watch every game, who do this, who do that. It's crucial you have players that are not only profitable that are playing games and putting in scores for your own sanity and for your own enjoyment. I mean, putting a price on enjoyment is tough, and putting a price on entertainment is tough, and uh, it needs to be valued into a lot of people's calculations in some way, as, as stupid as that might sound. Well, someone someone made the a tweet about it. They were put, you know, because obviously the whole intrinsic value argument, and they were put, calling it intrinsic fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's just so true. Yeah. It's so true. Like you know, like yeah, as you say, not everyone has to have fun. They want to. Some people just want to make money. But the fun, you know, a PB race when you've got a player you know, try to take down a gold day. There's nothing there. And you're it's watching just... the game, and you're you're over the moon when he makes a pass. Who gives, you, know, you don't even care like he just passes it sideways and it comes back to him and you're like great he's getting two passes out of this <laughs> yeah it's fucking brilliant I love that but look without further ado we'll move on to the last uh, topic of this round the last thing you want to fuck in the bin Duncan what would you throw in the bin oh John yeah I think I'm going to make some enemies with this one to be honest uh, do you know what I, uh, you know, it seems every time you go to speak I crack open a can so let, let's go <laughs> I like that I have the impact on you John um Twitter handles and screen names, man, <laughs> this really gets me right. So um, obviously, football index can't do anything to change this themselves. But fuck me, it bothers me a lot when I when I log into Twitter and everyone has the same goddamn name. Um, Guru, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna alienate most of uh, Twitter on this one. But like, um, a lot of people just have football index and just put the actual Football Next logo. And I'm like, what? I can't, I can't differentiate between any people, basically. You've got, again, naming names, but I don't know who any of these people are because they were the same basic name. Uh, people like Football Index, uh, Chat, Buzz, Talk, Analysis, Info, uh, Focus. <laughs> these are such generic names. <laughs> whilst, they, whilst they definitely put out good content, otherwise I wouldn't follow them. I don't know who is who. Um, so I'm going to try and start a campaign to end this nonsense. And um, I'm a bit of a purist like you, John. And uh, I bring everyone's names back to just their actual names, you know? Butler, yeah, what do you say this. to that, frog and FBI? I've, I've <laughs> changed mine by default. Default, you know, like, you know, I'm, 
you know, you can't use that against me now. My my official name now is Frog. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Frog Smith. <laughs> Frog Blogs. Anyway. Frog Blogs. Jeez, did you, you know ever make a blog will... called Frog's Blog? Frog's Blog? No, I never did. Fucking hell, Frog. Uh, no, my God. Anyway, sorry. Uh, you have to do that. No, what... <laughs> what I will say about it, what does annoy me is when you put Football Index in, and the first one that doesn't come up isn't yeah. football index. Like when you when you go on, when you're on Twitter, like like it's the most followed account. Why is it not at the top? Like why why is all the other football index, you know, like like you know, guide or focus or buzz or whatever? I'm just like, why is it not at the top? There, there, there's no reason not to put football index in your name, just because that's you know, I, I dedicate my account to football index as well and nothing else, but. Man, yeah, we got we got end this really. I've noticed that like there was there was a culture of um, naming yourself after an animal, which uh, frog you've you've clearly done as well. Can you explain why you're named after a frog, please, Mr. Frog? Why I um the reason I chose frog is you know trading bear. It does, yeah, you know um uh, I I've known trading bear from before football index that we played in FPL leagues together. So um I. He, he, I got, I actually told him about the index and then he joined and then he came up with a trading bear and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was already thinking I needed to come up with a, a, a Twitter account that was different from my personal one. So yeah, that was what put me down the animal route. That was, that was the, At least that the was animals good. are distinct from each other. That kind of works. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Duncan, but you know, I think what you're, you're really getting to the core issues of FI here. It does piss me off. I, I like the accountability that comes with having your own name. Do you know? If I say something that really is really mean or bad or racist, I'll probably get fired from my job. It adds a certain amount of accountability to my Twitter account. Yes. And I like that. But I understand the other side of this, the other side of the coin, Duncan, is, and why I think a lot of people might want to remain anonymous, aside from the infamous Yavi's employers getting contacted, aside from that, I think a lot of people have a lot of money in this account. Do you know, imagine you're a big Dawn. And I mean, I've thought about doing live streams of Dawn or doing this with Dawn. I, I like Dawn. I get on with Dawn very well. Do you know, and then Dawn makes his real identity known to the world. There's someone out there who knows big Dawn has 600k sitting on an account. And does that add an element of danger? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or just so the missus doesn't know. It could be a million things. But yeah, no, absolutely. You know, that that definitely there is a part of that security yeah. Side, yeah something that we did um i did like a fifa tournament at the start of covid this was months ago uh, people still haven't got their fucking prizes because no one at fi is back in the office yet to send them out or there's a couple of other prizes that were won but um there was two guys i think who joined the fifa tournament and they were both called the same thing i actually forget the name i think it was like fi holt or fi canary or fi something pretty generic and the two guys came in, or if I rat, I think it might have even been, I can't remember. And they played a game of FIFA and the loser had to change their name forever. So Duncan, we can make this initiative, you know, get people playing games of FIFA against each other, get people playing games of whatever against each other um, to, to try and eradicate some of the duplicate names. I seem to have an FI guru on the podcast every other week. Um, <laughs> John, I, yeah, you, you, you I, do make a good point with that about the uh, sort of semi-anonymity aspect of it and that uh that absolutely does make sense and explains it still bothers me though um and i still think people change their names to more distinct uh names yeah i'm gonna lose i'm gonna lose half my followers tomorrow by saying this which is about six followers um 
It's a shame, you know. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing, Duncan. I think you make a very valid point. They need to be more distinct and different. FI, analysis, data, stats, news, go fuck yourselves with your handle. <laughs> make it something like FI fucking cannibal murs i'm just looking at something that's in the room fi fucking i love john ellis make it something quite distinct you put it more eloquently um, than i could john go fuck yourself with your handle i like it go fuck like yourself it. That's your the guy, mr market fi you might be listening i don't know if you are mr market fi a bit of a cynic but i, I thought he was a great guest of the podcast a few weeks ago his handle is like jonathan 289-43291 <laughs> oh, jesus those handles you see trying to tag them pieces of shit um, so we've we've had app issues, we've had the names, and we've had the data-only crew. FBI, I'm going to give you this round to think. Uh, the data-only crew are obviously very annoying, um, but I think it should be a given. I think it's a very select few people that actually only, only use data and don't actually use anything else but the data. But it is obviously a big concern. People need to see the whole picture and look through it through multiple lenses. Um, in terms of the Twitter handles, I think anonymity has kind of swung this the other way in terms of the tiebreaker. And app issues piss us all off. Kind of, a, It's actually, we're going down that retired sort of player route as well. Little tiny annoying fucking things about Football Index that on the surface look seemingly easy to, to fix. So, Duncan has one, FBI has one, and we're going into the final round. Um, so... Who wants to take this one away? Let me see. Frog, you haven't taken a round away yet. Do you want to go first? Okay, well, I've, I've saved my, my best to last, and it won't come as much as a surprise to people who follow me on Twitter because I generally, by, you know, by nature, I don't want to moan a lot. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to like be constantly going on about it on Twitter. If things that there's a lot of things that have annoyed us over, you know, the last months, year, etc. But to comp- continually go on about it is, it gets a bit tiring. It really does, and I, I I see that myself. However, when it comes down to positions, I can't let I can't let the I can't let it go. I just I just I, it just drives me drives me mental. And I know we're in a great place in this new div announcement, and everyone's buzzing, and the market's looking like it's going to take off, and you know hopefully I'll get more liquid with sell orders. But I think this is fundamentally one of the biggest problems on fi that needs resolved one way or another and you know like it's been stated by you know i've spoke to an op- opt employee I've, I've i've heard podcasts with other ones how it's just not a big issue to opt out positions doesn't matter you know it can be changed willy-nilly over a coffee you know nobody really cares and so this is the it's the inconsistency that that really, really get me down. It's like, you know, I can use an example like Lucas Acampos. He's played like 38 games this season. Every single game he's played as a striker, he's still as a midfielder. There's a million examples. You know, you know, there's examples of people that have played up front all the time and they're still midfielders. There's no consistency to what goes on. And I, while I accept it's the same for us all, and players do play multiple positions, I think there must be a data-led approach for FI or the... You know, if it is the third party, I think FI should be owning this, but it has to be data led, not like them just changing willy nilly. There needs to be one metric that we all know that we can then predict. And there also needs to be set times per year where these things can change. So, you know, once a year, twice a year, you know, four times a year, if you must. But I want to be able to use the my knowledge and the data to be able to predict which players are at risk. Because right now I can't. People will say, oh, yeah, Kimmich was always at risk because he was uh, playing in midfield. Yeah, but 
the, the same goes for Marquinhos. I'm a, I've got a big hold in Marquinhos. He's played most of the season in midfield, and he's still a defender. So there's just no consistency, and it just drives me mental. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. FBI, I'll come to you there very quickly because I know you're a bit of a tech guy. You have a bit of a background in tech. And we probably talked about this in our podcast, but forgive me for asking you again. But just to bring it up again, because it's obviously Frogs brought it up. Do you think it's easier than it seems or harder than it seems for FBI to adjust these positions? Is it? Is it? Can they just select the data they want from Opta and untick the positions box and take ownership of that? Or is it a bigger? is there a bigger picture there? <sighs> It's hard to know without knowing the underlying tech, but uh, Opta basically are the guardians of the positions, you know, so if you're getting a feed in from Opta, you're always going to be susceptible to them changing something at a whim and it impacting FI. What FI should probably have in place is more like a kind of a, a holding environment where, you know, new changes in positions get flagged and then get saved up and maybe get implemented, you know, once a season, either start a season, end of the season. But I don't know if there's any kind of technology out there that can sort of analyze things like heat maps, you know, and, and look at the player's actual position on the pitch. That there has to be a more accurate way than just labeling somebody as a defender and midfielder because there's positions, subpositions within those positions, you know. Um, you've got your defensive mids, you've got your attacking mids, wingers, you know. So if, if they can maybe get down to a, a, a sort of wider range of positions and then categorize those into defender, midfielder, forward, it would probably make more sense. But it's hard to, it's hard to say without knowing what tech they have. But they, I think FI really should control this because, uh, you know, sometimes you can be burned by it. Sometimes you might even be a lucky recipient of a position change. But, you know, you when you place a bet, obviously there's going to be variables, but that shouldn't really be a variable. That should be something that you are confident in being in place at least over a season, you know? Yeah, a time frame, a time frame to, to what you're doing. You know, like, you know, I, I accept that players change positions and, you know, there's also arguments to where if is the guy actually a striker or a forward i just want to know when it when it can change not just i don't want to wake up one morning and like you know a player's gone to a midfielder from a defender and just you know i want to be able to prepare for that you know like it's, it's not just the impact that it has there there's a lasting impact there's a sentiment issue here where you know like if, if a player's move once people won't buy because they're scared, you know, or you know what I mean? Or, you know, if the, it, it, it's just, it, it, it can really affect, um, you know, people's interest in buying that player. And that's not fair. That's not right. There has to be a, there has to be a, a structured system to doing this. And going back to your Opta thing, I, I, I don't buy it because the way I see Opta is like Opta's data collection. They're, they're analyzing the actions on the pitch and basically tallying it all up for us all. I don't see where positions come into that, really. I just, they're just, you know, and they also supply data for loads of different sites, FPL and things like that. And those guys can pick their own positions. So why can't FI? When there's big amounts of money on it, 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 it changes the bet. It's, uh, it's quite a big issue. Like for me, I think it wouldn't actually matter to me if it was Adam Cole himself just picking the positions at the start of every season. I wouldn't care how they were chosen as long as we knew when they would change and if they would change and then you could have a better forecast as to how to make your bets yeah it's important it's interesting the point you make about fpl who are obviously opta driven and they lock their positions for the whole season but then maybe the issue is that the live aspect of fi and the, i assume they have some sort of live feed because we want live pb scores and do you know they want it to be as automated as possible whereas fpl you know yourself you click in and it's like not scheduled downtime but like there, there's like 
you have to wait the game is updating the game is processing they probably go in and do that every day that there's games on um but yeah positions are a ball ache and in my opinion they are probably the biggest ball ache that hasn't been solved by yesterday's announcement because i mean money's great liquidity's coming this is coming that's coming positions we need, have we had mass have we had comms in the positions that are worthy of note um, about them being done in the off season, but I don't think there was any real. Somebody might know more than me, but for me, it didn't. Nothing was concrete. It was like nothing. No. There was nothing defined. I want something defined. I want to know like a time frame. You know, like July. Things can change in July, or you know, whatever. It's just there needs to be some like specific system to doing this. Okay. Well, look, Frog. We'll move on from that on to Duncan. Duncan, what is your third and final thing that pisses you off? Oh. After that uh, <laughs> tirade from Frog there, uh, mine's going to seem particularly <laughs> pathetic. Um, more of a pet peeve. Not even a pet peeve, just a peeve. Uh, it's people who don't read the rules. <laughs> yeah. That's Real fair. simple one. If you're a newbie, and I mean, we need to do all we can to get more newbies on and be kind to them and all, and all, all, all that kind of thing, but... Guys, read the rules, please, please. <laughs> the amount of dumb questions I see on various social media media outlets about um, basic stuff like um, dividend deadlines, um, when dividends are coming in, um, even stuff like how to make a bid. Just, just look up the rules. You can find everything on either. I think there's a page called The Rules or you can go on the Academy. I think it's pretty much all there. Um, if you read the rules, you end up having more fun and make more money. Like, I, I've got friends who kind of just have, have fallen off of it because they um, they're not making money and they're not having fun, which are two basically you know part of the same parcel with football index. Um, but they also don't know the rules, so if, if they know how, a bit more how to um, uh, navigate the platform, then I suppose they can actually start making money, which in, in turn makes it more fun. I suppose that kind of opens up a, a wider issue again of kind of, is Football Knicks a bit too complex? Maybe four types of dividends is too many. And then and I suppose each type of dividend has its own rules. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I've really got to say about that because I bloody love that platform. I don't have much to say. I think I think the positions thing is, is um, will be the, the biggest issue of the next season, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, newbies, come on. Here's another slogan for you. Read the rules, have fun and make money. That's it, yeah, exactly. I think that they're, they're not reading the rules. There's like, no question's a silly question, but on Football Index, it's definitely a silly question if it's on the first page of the rules. <laughs> a lot of people just, I think they're so hell-bent on getting on this money train as it's perceived and they want to get in, they want to get money, it's FOMO, I can't wait, I can't learn. I want to get rich overnight, baby. Do you know, Duncan, you're my best friend. You've told me to get on the platform. Who do I buy? Okay, I'll buy them. Give it a week. How do I cancel that? How do I sell? How do I cancel a bid? How do I do this? How do I do that? Why would I do this? Why is he dropping in price? Surely he'll fucking boss it over in China. No, 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 no. Read the fucking rules, mate. <laughs> exactly. Do you know, it's... Uh... The most, it's the most ridiculous thing as well, because like, so, the, the rules is the easy part. You know, yeah. like understanding why other why players move otherwise, you know, like just sentiment or youth hype or whatever it is. That's all that's all stuff you've got to learn and like work out why that is, why is that player why does a player that plays in a non PB league cost more than a guy that's scoring 
one in two in the Premier League. You know, there's you know there's reasons for these things, and mm. that's the hard part. But understand, I remember I, I I've seen loads of examples, but the one of what sticks out now is the championship playoff final side Ben Rama guy tweeted asking if Ben Rama can win PB today exactly that you know, sort of it's, thing frog. exactly <laughs> that sort of thing it's like it's a championship playoff final man like a lot of people have a lot of money in this as well I mean without going into our own sort of portfolios like if you're putting thousands or tens of thousands of pounds into the index which is a bad idea at all with I think in the first three or four months I think we probably all agree on that if you're doing that, you have to make sure you read those rules and you need to figure out exactly how it works before you start putting money in. Yeah. Like me yesterday, you know, I seen 300% and stuck 500 quid on Neuer and then straight away realized that I'd misinterpreted <laughs> <laughs> what I was being told. <laughs> but we will yeah. that, John. Don't worry. We will We've all it. been there. We've, We've all been, been there. there. I think uh, Parejo was probably the thing I get trolled about the most, but Neuer might, might catch that actually over the next few months um okay that leaves one last thing fbi what gets on your goat what grinds your gears uh players that are competing for a pb that aren't on the index uh now i know there's i know there's history about ipo performance and jude bellingham was it jude bellingham crashed the index i think it was before my time um there was a few there was a cheche and there was was yeah so um you just see some players that are, you know, they've probably been in the first team squad since the start of the season. They're not on the index. Uh, I know that this is all going to change in NASDAQ, so it's probably a bit of a moot point. And going up against the positions argument from Frogs, uh, I think, is a losing bet. But, uh, I, you know, there's definitely, you know, an opportunity for people when they come on and, you know, maybe they're Legion United fans and they want to buy a whole lot of Legion United players and half of them aren't on there and, uh, I think FI really need to get on top of that and get these players into market quicker. So there's probably a tech limitation in that, but I'd like to hear some more comms about the IPO process, how that's going to work. Because, you know, when offers comes in and then you've got NASDAQ and then you've got a new IPO process, it's a lot of new things that are you're throwing at existing users, let alone new ones. So they really need to make sure that they've got you know, enough training in place, enough videos. I think they'd said something about webinars and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's great that they've got the trader panel on and, you know, they are making positive uh, changes, but the one thing it really sort of does nick at me is, is the IPOs and the lack of some players on the index. Um, yeah. That's it really. Uh, and also in the, in the, in the comms, uh, you know, it, I hate to supposed to have the second half of the matching engine by the end of August. Uh, in their previous comms and then they said they're going to announce more about that within the next fortnight so that kind of they said it's ready to go as well didn't they they said it was all yeah ready to go. they said it was all ready to go and um they were just waiting for the final pieces so i'm you know i'm, I'm a little bit uh i was a little bit torn about whether it's going to ipos or smoke screening in this in the comms sometimes you know they'll maybe throw all this stuff out and then they'll put a little bit at the bottom saying you know we'll talk about the matching agent and two weeks time we'll let you know more and some people have been expecting it to you know come in by the end of august maybe start of september so that's the only real kind of gripe that i have with that but yeah it's just really ipos really get the players on there what worries me and it does worry me is the complexity of the next few months tied in with this mass marketing campaign and a huge budget like nothing we've ever seen before is going to be coinciding with 
all these IPOs and NASDAQ integrations and phase two of the order books and this and that and this and that. And there's other things I've no doubt left out. That complexity on top of is one of you's already just said about there's four types of dividend, there's this, there's that, position changes, this is gonna happen, what about the media? Bah, bah, bah. It's just like fuck me, that's a lot to intake. It really is. And one of the things that I really feel they should have been doing, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they they didn't feel there was the liquidity or money in the market, and they maybe they felt that if there was money coming into the market, they wanted it to go elsewhere. They wanted it to be saved for the announcement. They don't want to take away from the rises in their, their flagship players, essentially. But I think it's imperative that they start to just slowly put on low demand players that no one really, really wants, but who are in pb leagues so like leeds players who are like 32 years old who aren't ever going to compete for pb or media why not just fucking stick them up for 20 30 40p stick them up have them on the platform you're taking out a level of criticism and the load isn't going to be negligible Do you know it's not going to crash your servers and if you were doing a couple of those every day because i mean in italy teams have been promoted spain germany and france teams have been promoted and these are teams with 35 year olds who no one gives a fuck about who are never going to compete why not just have them and i know maybe that's stupid because who the fuck's ever going to want to buy them and you're not solving the problem people want people like fucking reina from dortmund but why not just reduce the workload when the time inevitably comes around that you're going to be sticking on the the people people want maybe i'm wrong what, no, I, 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 too, I, I get I get what you're saying, but what I would maybe say is that while it, the IPOs has obviously been a big question mark since since you know f- f- forever, but the one and especially with all the crashes and the tech issues, I think I think obviously anytime the IPO a player, it's adding an extra player to the to the to, to the system, and that essentially can devalue mm. the rest of the bets. Now that they've come out with this monster div increase, that. You know the, the blow of throwing all these new players on is softened because players are you know more valuable now. There is more value all across the board. So I think that and the other reason mean is that if it is because of Nasdaq, like are they is do they have a fixed system that will work well when we have a full order book and that's why they're holding them all back? Because yeah, if a player's playing football in a PB league, he should be on the he should be on the index. That's just that's just the way it is. But I think there might be those two reasons that might have something to do with that's just my guess though yeah i think nasdaq has got their own sort of dutch auction process all built into the tech so it's definitely makes sense i think it was just you know the timeline of new season starting and there's still quite a lot of players that are going to be starting an epl that maybe people want to buy or even some of the other leagues even if there's a lot of 35 year olds it could be a 21 year old super kid in one of those teams you know um you know, it's kind of stopped from buying him really. So well, I think it's all going to be improved anyway. Uh, you know, this this is a kind of a negative thing, Room 101, mm. but I think it's very positive for the platform that they're addressing all these things, you know, I just like to, to get the timing right. Because uh, it is a lot of stuff they're throwing in and um, they can't really afford any, you know, sort of major tech issues or big problems uh when they're doing this marketing campaign as well i thought they would have waited a little bit till it was set, settled in a bit but i'm not an expert on marketing so we almost should have done like a reverse 101 where you all be like i love pb and here's why i love pb <laughs> you know next time i love dividend increases and i love big daddy yeah. adam cole <laughs> i love his shirts you know you'd have to you'd have to times five the podcast timers <laughs> as well as the ipds yeah, exactly <laughs> I suppose we're finding holes in the platform, but you know, gradually over the years, these holes are going to slowly sort of uh, reduce, which is a good thing. They fill those holes.
Fill them out. Oh, yeah, if we, if we, if, if, sorry, sorry. If we'd done this pod, you know, three months ago, you know what I mean? It would have been, a, it'd be a lot easier to come up with negativity than even it a is week right ago, now. even a week ago, you know, you know like, yeah. um, but look, I think the, 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 the kind of sentiment among the group of us and, and how, I don't know, how happy we all are and how lighthearted the, the, how harsh we're being on FIR, how lighthearted our criticisms are, it says a lot about what the what this announcement has achieved. I mean, we're only a very, very, very minuscule percentage or amount of this community, and this is this will be echoed throughout the community. This sentiment and this this happiness, and that'll go a long way into a marketing campaign and not trolling under every post and every promotion. It's. I think this is crucial, and they've really knocked it out of the park. But again, okay, and here, okay, I'm going to pick the winner, and then have a question for you. The winner there, I'm like we kind of discussed it beforehand. There was a couple of us wanted to go for the positions, and it has to be Frog. The other two lads, he's made points well made, but it's nice because Frog gives us one each. He's all one around each as well, so that's kind of nice. That wasn't planned, but it works out nice. I don't have to pick a winner, but something I want to discuss. Um, Ver- sitting on the fence, John. Sitting on the fucking Come fence. Come on. Yeah. No win- one likes our host two sits. Okay, an <laughs> overall winner. I'm going to pick you, Duncan, because, you know, newcomer to the pod, you know, he came in with a, a really fun angle, you know, the, the names, the handles, you know, it was a close second, a bit of banter to it. Do you know, there's there's these games you can get, I don't know if anyone at home's played them, called Jackbox TV on PlayStation. I don't know if any of you have played them. They're kind of like community games where, like, you's all, you can have eight people around at a house party and you's all tuning with your phone. And there's the winner, but then there's, like, there's the... There's the winner of the likes or people who think they were funny. So Duncan, you come in there. You you win that. You win kind of like. Uh, what have I won? My eternal <laughs> gratitude. I'll invite you back for a full podcast on your own. It's your lucky day. You've made the big time. You've made the big time, son. <laughs> but no, something. Do, something I want to discuss is, and this is again, we're all very happy about the platform. But it's something I mentioned very briefly on the live stream I did on the podcast with FI Ben. It's this. While I'm over the moon that they bit the bullet, that they tail between the legs, admitted they'd made a mistake and went back on themselves and increased dividends. While I'm over the moon with that and I think it takes, it's a big decision and it took a big man to make that call. Big Daddy AC, I'm assuming. But it kind of at the same time it disappointed me a bit, or it hit me a little bit like, oh, they really did misjudge it that bad in July. It wasn't a risk management thing. It wasn't a, It wasn't that's all they could afford based on X, Y, and Z. It was basically, they misjudged it. It really was that much of a disconnect. Because I don't care what you say, nothing has changed that much since July. It's in six weeks financially for them maybe behind the scenes big investors big this something's happened maybe i'm out of order here and i'm wrong but that's why i'm posing it to you is frog you look like you're mulling over it i was yeah, a bit i, think, I was I happy but it was kind of a bit like oh. i think it's a bit harsh I, I think it's a bit harsh to be fair john I, I think i think it's like yeah okay whether it was an error you know there, there could be multiple reasons here is it as the just because they've said it's an error doesn't mean it was an error. It might have been, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case, but maybe they, they tried to go in low so they could come in high. I, I don't think that's the case. I think I agree it was an error. And yeah, okay, that is that is something that, you know, definitely raised alarm bells with all of us when the first div announcement came. But I, I think, you know, you know, they've got, this is a, 
this is an evolving platform that changes month to month, you know, year to year. And it, it, I can't imagine the decisions are easy to come back. Like, you know, like I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of tough decisions that have to be made. And yeah, okay, if they've made a mistake, fair enough, but they've owned it and we are where we are. So yeah, I, I, I think you just kind of yeah. got to like give them a pass on that at the moment. Yeah, so. and the, the reason I bring it up isn't just purely out of selfish fucking me being annoyed or anything. That, that's kind of how I felt when they mentioned, okay, we're going to increase dividends. I'm, I'm well past that now. I'm on fucking cloud nine. But on the timeline, I have seen tweets of this sentiment more than once, five, ten of them on the timeline kind of being like, okay, so they did fuck up or, okay, so why didn't they do that last month? Or, okay, so why have six weeks of bad blood and fucking trolling under your post? Do you know, there is, it is a very, very small percentage of the community, I'd say, who feel firmly about this. But I've even had a couple of DMs of people being like, and I'm not shitting you, I have had a couple of DMs from people being like, am I the only one who... While I'm over the moon about the amount they're increasing the dividends, it shows their incompetence. And I, I'm just passing on a message I've been sent. You can say those people are fucking crazy. FBI, have you anything on that? Yeah, I mean, I think Frog's got a good point. We we can guess at this as much as we want. We don't really know what's been going on. The whole story behind the scenes at FI during COVID, um, they did you know pay out a lot of divs over that period. Um, you know, I joined literally a month before COVID, so it was kind of. Um, you know, with uh, everything that was going on, it was like, well, who do I buy now? So they did provide a lot of kind of benefits to people who still could buy media players. Uh, so, so we don't really know how much kind of level of investment they had then. And I think maybe what they could have done is tried to get away with a lower um, dividend increase and maybe smoke screen it with a bit of team of team of the month and goalkeepers, thinking perhaps that might be you know see a little bit of growth. Uh, I think what it indicated was a, a disconnect from the community. And I think from their last piece of comms, what has been clear to me is they're not that disconnected from the community anymore. They've seen the fallout from that. They've probably also seen the figures that maybe trading numbers are down or, uh, and I think for me, the positive thing is not so much, you know, what happened then it's what they're doing now. So they've taken these really positive steps rewarded as, Maybe people were saying, you know, I've lost trust in FI, I've lost trust in them. But, you know, people are allowed to make mistakes in life. And I think maybe FI should be allowed to make a, an occasional howler as well if they make up for it big time the next time. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with their with their comms. Because even for me being on for a relatively short period of time, I've seen it improve quite massively with the odd, you know, glitch you know, like preparing mm. Sancho's 16 pound tweet or something like that, you know, they need to, they need to really be careful with our comms because they, they can fall foul of compliance and all that kind of stuff. If they're, if they're not careful with things like that. They were, they were doing that today. Did you see that with the messy one? Prepare the yeah, I had to one. Do one myself because I just I'm so bored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, um, you know, people have been complaining. It's been really boring. It's been really boring, but I, I hope that people just realize that, you know, sometimes all that's needed is a little bit of patience and if I have got the trader panel now, hopefully they're listening to the views of the community. There's, I'm sure there's somebody dedicated to watching the FI, uh, you know, hashtag. And get, Do you reckon they listen to this? Yeah, they listen to the podcasts, I'm sure. Um, they have yeah, to, they, don't they? they? Have to. I wonder if they heard about the one me going off and one with your man Richie. Yeah, that could, have, that could have been the swinger, mate. You could, we, could, we could owe this div increase to you, personally. <laughs> Do you know, I'm not even joking you, Richie. We, Richie sent me like a 30-second voicemail today. He was like, Nellis, like... I fucking refuse to to talk to anyone in the FI community until we get our until we get thanked for that 
that that blistering performance and I was thinking like Jesus Christ I wonder if anyone actually listened to that <laughs> I was a bit scathing I remember one stage saying I feel genuinely insulted and <laughs> got off on one um, anyway I'm happy yeah, I thought the noise that was created in the community also helped you know quite a lot exactly across the community if everyone had shut up and just got on with it maybe this wouldn't have happened um, and whether that's right or wrong who knows but I mean, the the disconnect was was clear to see, and it seems that there's a bit more, they've become a bit more aligned now. Trader panels X, Y, and Z, and that's the route this needs to go. Because believe it or not, I think a lot of people from the community, while we're all fucking wingdings with fucking frogs as our emojis and this and that, and I'm just a dickhead with the podcast. There's a lot of passion for the product, um, and you know. And I don't mean to like overstate or, or, or say something that's out of line here, but a lot of people who work for companies don't have the company, not necessarily its best interest, but they don't they don't have the passion for the product. I'm sure a lot of people at Football Index do, don't get me wrong, I'm sure a lot of them do, but you can be assured that of the 90 employees or whatever they have, half of them might not, they're there to get their wage each week, they're doing their job. Every single person in this community, well, we're here to make money and we're here making money off the platform. The fact that people have such an active role on social media and put so much of their day into the fucking platform, it shows the passion. And there's going to be ideas there and there's going to be very fair points. So it is important that they, they keep the ear to the ground on that. Duncan, we went off on a roll and left you in the dark there for about five or ten minutes. Any thoughts on this? Fine. Yeah, I, do you know what? I actually, I think it's interesting that Adam Carr was, uh, during this announcement, not, no one really um, picked up on this too much, but he said he was going to sort of step back from the... The personal side of the communications yeah Did you guys notice that yeah yeah i think that's quite interesting i think I'm, i've always liked his sort of personal input but it does cause absolute chaos at times like he, he has quite he must realize he must have realized rather that he has quite a big effect on the market just few just through pure sort of um spontaneous speculation in his um q a's which we all you know we all enjoy see what he has to say but i wonder whether it's that sort of partially marks the end of their um sort of um very personable um uh communications they have with their with their traders i wonder it'd be interesting because i know i said this either on a stream or a podcast i don't know if any of us have listened to wherever i said it it was that i've been trying to get someone from football index on for so long do you know at christmas i had dan neil on um i had joe briggs on uh, their creative lead back in March, April maybe, and obviously it's kind of like you're you're trying to get the step up. You're trying to get okay, right? Give me a fucking Mike Bowen. Let me get my hands on Big Daddy AC. And you know what I was kind of told was, look, they're really trying to step back from this sort of stuff. Do you know da 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 da. And then they appeared on Figs podcast, and I was like, ah, you fucking bastards. But that's fair. Do you know he's been around a lot longer. They owe a lot more to him than they do me. That's fair. I mean, who am I to feel entitled to have Adam Cole on my podcast? Fair enough, but I think look, maybe next time, you know, we'll get someone. And since that, I've kind of been on a wee bit. What I was kind of told is, look, no one wants to go near a podcast now because a throwaway comment can turn into the, the absolute fucking the rock the platform perishes on. Do you know? It's deadly. They want to steer clear. It really is. And I've, I'm sort of now thinking, like, look, can I get the comms officer on? Even if it has to be relatively scripted, even if they have to be able to listen to it first, if that's the only way you're going to get the person on okay so be it because like, i mean and you can't i can't expect joe briggs or someone else to come on and risk their livelihood or their position at work on a fucking stupid podcast appearance because they'll say something that is their personal opinion or thought or hope and that'll become 
Joe Briggs thought we'll be at five five billion in three years. Do you know it's like, and that'll just fucking cause a shitstorm. So, yeah, I think what you're, you're right, Duncan. This could be the end of an era, which is sad in in many ways, but I think it could be positive for the platform going forward. Oh, it has it has to be positive. It's it, this this is not a startup anymore. This is a proper. You know, they talk, keep talking tier one, like they said in the podcast, and all the other fix podcast no one knows it's what that different. means what does it mean well, well it's basically you're basically with bet 365 aren't you yeah <laughs> that's basically yeah. it you know? <laughs> no but my point is is that adam adam's q a was a car crash the podcast he did with Acash, there was a lot of things that were said billion pound this and you know like so or you know not the q a but you know like this is it's going back to what john said before about how as much as financially we're emotionally invested in this platform and you know we're all we're all humans and we all we all especially in twitter world we talk loudly and you know at times and you know you you don't want to fuel any fires you know like you really just you want it you want good comms you want us to have like you know roadmaps and we want you want us to know whatever potential changes are ahead but you don't want to be you don't want to be playing playing the emotional card with this community because it's just bad. It's just it's, it's just a dangerous game. Hopefully, that social media guy. <laughs> That and um, the social that, media guy, God yeah. fucking love him. I think I seen a guy who was like head of comms or head of social media or something. <laughs> I seen like a LinkedIn photo and he looked like 14, and I was thinking, God love him. He's got ripped a new one in the office here. Um, I, I, bl- I blame the social media guy mostly <laughs> for the for the nightmare announcement, uh, the time before last, honestly, because I could see everyone getting worked up about that announcement. And um, although obviously they 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 um sort of stumped up in the end and did the hundred percent. Um, increase like I would just I would try to warn people like I'm not sure this is um, going to happen and if it doesn't how are we going to react we need to be calm mm. about this well look guys we've been chatting for an hour and ten minutes here but just before we wrap up we had a speed round suggested to us by Yavi who was going to be you Duncan but Yavi bailed and you, you've come in to save the day um, now <laughs> <laughs> It could be a touchy old round, but look, we're going to go at it lighthearted. You can go at it harsh if you want. I'm staying clear in a way. I'm going to be the, the, the guy. Well, maybe I should get involved. Anyway, it's got a speed round. We're going to throw out some big names from the FI community. We'd love to pick some smaller accounts, some people who we all know. When you say personally, either personally in real life or personally by DMs or whatever. But we needed to pick people that everyone in the community knows. A lot of you who listen on from Twitter, I'm sorry, this might bore the tits off you a little bit. Some of these are previous guests, maybe it'll interest you. But we needed to pick big accounts that most people could relate to. Active accounts in the timeline, that sort of thing. So, without further ado, I think there's only one person to start this off. We're, we're going to say the name and you just have one word each. We're going to go Frog FBI Duncan because that's the order you are on my screen. Okay. We'll start off with with no less than Yavi himself. Oh. Yavi. <laughs> <laughs> um, hurricane. Okay, that's a nice one. I like that. Yeah, FBI. Nando's. <laughs> Yavi can't be here because he got his job back at Nando's apparently. Uh, Duncan. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, Pen in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> right in the old ass. <laughs> All one word. <laughs> okay. Again, we're gonna have to go down the line of picking accounts that are active, that are big, that people know of. EJ. Frog. Ticker entertainment. 
<laughs> Fair. Okay, two words will allow. Three words max. Okay, yeah. FBI. Wolf leading the sheep. That's even more than, than words. <laughs> and Duncan. Money bags. Money bags. I like it, yeah. Okay, speaking of money bags, ASP frog. Um, old timer. I don't know. <laughs> He's been, here, been around for ages. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> FBI. Uh, I don't really follow him too much. Well, I do follow him, but I, I can't recommend any of his any words for him. He's he's he's, he's not too active. Inactive uh, could be your word. <laughs> inactive, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan. Judas. Judas. <laughs> <laughs> he turned his back on this platform. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's a good he point. Yeah, yeah. He did come back. Yeah. He did come back. I think cro- he caused a lot of damage. Yeah. That's the thing. Do you think he caused I, I, a lot of damage? I do like his account. I, I do like his account, but I, I do think that sort of six months, year that he spent sort of slagging off the platform to a huge audience must have caused some damage. Yeah, no, yeah, actually, yeah, take my, I can change my one, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that I've had a little time to think about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'll be the last one to do that either, to yeah. be honest. I, I talked to him. You know, especially after this Dave announcement, some people might come back and... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the part of it. Like, why why hate on it? Like, if you want to walk away, walk away. If you want to play a different platform, play a different platform. But mm. this whole one versus the other bullshit, it's just... Oh, it does my fucking not in. It does my fucking not in. I have a few e-trolls. Of course I do. I'm a I'm big time now, guys, if you didn't notice, you know. <laughs> uh, but I have a few e-trolls. <laughs> and people, there was some fucking Egypt last week or two. He probably listens to this. He probably raised and listened to this. But he was slagging me about... He was literally slagging me about having fucking GMK on my podcast before and Footstock and this and that. It's like, fucking hell, grow up. Anyway, that's a completely different rant that we're not going down. But ASP, yeah, look, I talked to him. I, I, I really enjoyed chatting to him. Um, <laughs> Albeit, I didn't know the same weekend I was recording with him he was going to be on Fig's podcast until pretty late notice. So it kind of limited what I was going to chat to him about, but... Look, I, I, I think he's he's turned the corner. Now, I wasn't really around for the days that he did the Judas thing, Duncan, so I actually would be quite hesitant to comment because genuinely I wasn't there, but it, it'd be interesting to know how much damage was actually done because if you've got one of the biggest accounts on a platform leaving and shitting all over it, it can't be good. But, um, yeah. No, nothing against him personally, but I just... I wouldn't react to his post because he would post something deliberately trolling and attention sort of grabbing. And obviously with Twitter, the more you interact with the post, the more it spreads and the more it shows up to people. The only, the only to be devil's advocate a little bit, like it, it shouldn't just be, and I think the community has been pretty, you know, as we can see by what's happened recent with the new, with the announcement that we have been, we have been vocal and it is good to be vocal when things are, um, yeah. you know, are, the, the, you feel they need to be changed, but it was just, it's just the relentless nature of some, and it's just a crusade, and it just feels, it feels personal, it feels, it feels vindictive, and when it feels vindictive, that's just, I have no time for that mm-hmm. shit. Okay, we've only got time for, I'd say, two or three more, because I am actually doing a live stream at nine o'clock, and it's 22. Um, we'll go on to FI Bitter. I see he's a new guy who seemed to have popped up in the timeline a bit. I'm hoping to have him on the podcast soon. I hope you're listening. Go for it, Frog. If you haven't heard, if, if you just haven't heard of any of these guys, just pick a random word. That could be quite funny. Um, and you follow? Yeah, just followed them. Followed. <laughs> followed. <laughs> <Okay>. FBI. <laughs> uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. I like it. I think Warren. I think it's Warren Buffett in disguise getting involved in football index. 
Good stuff. It was actually you who suggested his name be added, which is brilliant. And Duncan, is he a new one for you? I'm afraid he's just one of these faceless accounts to me currently. Is he the great? Does he do stats? Change your fucking name, better. <laughs> <laughs> Change your goddamn name. <laughs> I think is he the guy that does a bunch of stats and graphs and stuff? Yeah, he does like daily spreads and prices and a YouTube thing as well. It's pretty. Oh yes. If you, if yeah, you miss yeah. if okay. you miss the market, what's happening? It's a pretty good catch up to see what's going on. Okay. Okay. No, I'll look at that. I haven't seen that. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, abstain from that one because because it's unfair to probably abstain. Big Dawn Frog. Big Dawn. Uh, Myth Man Legend. Oof. FBI. <laughs> big seller. Big buyer. <laughs> Duncan. Seventeen thousand players. <laughs> yeah. okay frog we're gonna wrap this up i need to go in like two minutes ginger pierlo frog oh cynic <laughs> fbi uh face recognition doesn't work with these beard grows <laughs> duncan <laughs> uh, cartoon man <laughs> cartoon man okay two more rc frog noisy <laughs> fbi uh loud <laughs> okay yeah synonyms i like it duncan <laughs> veiny 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 i have a theory as well that uh rc is the um is the man yeah. behind barry there's the, a lot the, of uh, could be account. could be yeah i would the call him the way he talks yeah rc i would say nipple twister he just fucking <laughs> he's just there to twist some nipples and get a reaction he is literally a troll rc is a troll he's the biggest fi troll <laughs> He's great. He's great fun. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite accounts just just for the pure uh, yeah. comedy. Normally they get shot off the platform trolls, but RC is embraced, which is kind of nice. Last one, in fact, oh fight, fuck it. One of his asked Sigmund Freund. <sighs> um, <laughs> uh, hypocrite. Oh god! Oh god! We went there at the end of the podcast. Oh, this is the most controversial podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, I did. You, FBI, uh, pivoting ballerina. Oh, that, that's quite poetic, Duncan. Quite like, quite like his account. I think. Uh, good, good. <laughs> I throw him a good. Yeah. Well, look, he he, he <laughs> shot me. Up. He says he didn't want to come on the podcast. So, look, take from that what you will. Um, Segment. You can come on anytime you're... Anyone can come on this fucking podcast. That's the whole point of it. Anyway, guys, it's been another 20 minutes. We've had some fun. We've cried a bit. We, we got through the Room 101 thing. I think it went well. Um, I suppose I'll go through you as one by one, otherwise it just won't work. Parting comment slash tell people where they can find you. Again, I'm just going through the order on my screen. Frog. Happy, as we all are. This is a very exciting and special time. And we are so lucky to be on this platform. We really are. We are so blessed. And if you want to follow me, you can get me uh, at Football Frog um, on Twitter or in Slack, the same. Perfect. FBI? Yeah, as, uh, as a data guy who knew nothing about football, but Frog was describing earlier. <laughs> I, I think this platform can only go from strength to strength because it's made me more passionate about watching games in Germany that you I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been watching it like a year ago for sure. And that passion about the football has come as a result of this uh, platform. So long may it continue. Uh, and I'm on Twitter, FBI Trader. Perfect, good man. And Duncan, the newcomer. Yeah, I, uh, 
hopefully people can like see this podcast as constructive criticism uh, behind all the sort of veiled humour. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about its platform as I've been for for years. And um, I think uh, there's we've still got a lot to go. And um, yeah, I mean, if you want to find me on Twitter, then I'm just Duncan Butler. Um, my picture is just me with a daft grin on my face. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a bloody pleasure. It has. It has. Well, look, guys, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe if you enjoy it. And other than that, have a great week. I'll chat to you again next week um, with a with another wonderful guest or two. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Cheers. Cheers.